Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey, She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays Today podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunswick, and I am with my co-host today. Is there you say your name? Kirby. Brunswick. Brunswick. Just in case people are confused. Oh, okay. Sorry, I, was, I thought you were going to say my name. No, I said my name, and then we haven't really figured out our co-sign-on. We've all done this like 20 times. Is it? No. Well, date night. Okay. So today is third installment of date night. I feel like we need to go back and can we rename Mo and Tamara's date night number one? Uh, it's already got a pre thing because it was episode 100. So it's mm. like episode 100 and then and like all caps and then like also date night. Also Mo and Tamara. Mm-hmm. Sushing. No. I think we can put them as a collective like subset or if we were ever on like a long vacation we could do a re-release of date nights okay or have them t- i'll tag them on especially with patreon you can put tags for like certain things so there can be a bucket of only like all right you're getting into the weeds not it's not interesting people need to find them <laughs> anyways this is our third installment of date night and today we have dr david and nancy fletcher it was a fun conversation they are very sweet, very interesting, oh. very driven people. Yeah. I love so that we have recorded, we won't we're not gonna say who, but we've actually already recorded the fourth date night also. Also and a great one. Yes. I knew when I came up with this idea that it was gonna be good. I thought I came up with it. No, you did not. No. Like, oh no, no, no. No. I came up with this and I, I like it so much. I think it's, I like talking to, you know, it's going to be hard for us because eventually we're going to get older Mm -hmm. and the date night people will get younger. Because right now we've only talked to people who've been married longer Mm. and are older. Yeah. So we're getting like Like fourth one was barely older. Yeah. But like, you know, married longer than us Mm -hmm. and like very, very accomplished. So they've gone through a lot of stuff. So like, we're always like learning and getting wisdom and asking. It's going to be funny the first time that we've got like some Gen Z's on who've been married for like four years and they're talking about how they deal with issues. Like, do you think I would be able to hold my tongue on like 
sharing marriage advice of like, um, you guys, you may want to work on that because, uh, I don't know, I could see the writing on the wall. I don't even know if you should hold your tongue. I think you can just share your experience and then they can take it or leave it. In fact, that is how the podcast started was, uh, this is my podcast. I'm going to give my opinions if I want to. Yes. Um, but no, I really liked her. Um, I liked her ghost story. Yeah, but not everyone gets that. Was that in the bonus round? No, I believe that was in the bonus round. I think I asked the question that. So if you have not subscribed to the Patreon yet, only Patreon members get the bonus round questions where we just ask either they're quick questions. Some are serious, some are silly. There's a good story in there and some funny answers Mm -hmm. to it. Yep. And if you are still confused about Patreon, it is a way... That so it's a separate link. Kirby will have it or a separate website. App, yeah, yeah, it's a website platform, and app. Patreon.com slash she, she slays podcast. <laughs> There's a lot of S's there. Um, so it's a separate platform. It's been around for a long time, and it is a way that podcasts and other types of artistic creators can get support um, from their people. And so there's three tiers. There's a three ninety nine tier, a twelve ninety nine tier, and a twenty four ninety nine tier. Obviously, you get more as you go, more as you play. Um, and at the mid-level, the $12.99, you get training. So, for instance, this last week was the first 20-minute training. It ended up being 26 minutes. And I didn't even Bonus waste content. time. No, no. I just got down to, like, um, got, like, the trainings I have, I liked them so far. I've done a good job. I'm really surprised at like, whoa, these, I am much more serious and like systems and procedures than I am on the podcast. Yeah. And the podcast, I'm like, you, you guys want to hear about my life? Yeah. And if you listen to every moment of all of the podcasts, a lot of the info, maybe not all of it is in there. But if you want 20 minutes of get your pencil and paper out, mm-hmm. write down real impactful stuff, like you boil it down so well. Yeah, I actually, we need to get our associate docs on oh. Patreon. They don't have to pay. They shouldn't have I to pay. I could just send them the because, files that I upload. Exactly. <laughs> because I told, I was talking to Randy yesterday, and I was like, you guys should probably hear these trainings. They're like, they're like good. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, they're like better than I am as a real boss. <laughs> like what comes out of me is good. But I get in the mode. You know, it's like stage mode. You're like, where'd that person come from? Yeah. Speaking of which, this should be a bonus question. I need to remember to ask of like, do you have a um, an alternate persona? Oh, like Sasha Fierce. Yeah. Do you have one? Um. I feel like when we were at Mile High, one of the speakers brought that up, and I'm in, and they were talking about how the persona has different like traits than you naturally have. And what, what I was thinking, the reason I remember it is because so many other peoples are like, I am courageous and direct and spoken. I'm like, well, that's what Lauren is. So is my persona like soft and calm and meditative? I don't know. I think I do have a stage persona, but it's not stage. It's field of like oh, the way baseball. I play baseball is different than the person mm-hmm. most of the time. What's his name? Kirby Bucket? <laughs> yes. 
It's an old dead black guy. <laughs> I, am, I am Kirby Bunsmith, <laughs> but now I am Kirby Bucket. So, okay. So anyway, the point of that was go sign up for Patreon so you can hear the bonus round of David and Nancy. Yes. They dub Bob. Yeah. Very, very fun. And very sweet. Okay. Um, you should read the bio. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Dr. David and Nancy Fletcher are co-founders at CLA. Together, over the past 10 years, they have reshaped the company known as Insight CLA. David's messaging helps to create synergy within the profession by blending the neurosciences, scanning knowledge, and principled chiropractic with practical solutions. He has a passion for teaching principled success-based strategies and providing inspiring messages for today's chiropractors. Nancy brings a formal leadership experience in education and healthcare administration to keep the team at CLA focused on being recognized as the epicenter of the neurological scanning movement. They're really cool. Yeah, they're like, really cool. Just the, the fact that it's not, and I, I find this with a lot of, I mean, well, every couple we've talked to, there is like this, you'd think in the standard of society, like, oh, I know the guy who leads the ship and she's, probably emotionally supporting or whatever, but like she is brilliant and has a ton of experience mm-hmm. and like behind the scenes working. Like it's not, it's not just like, Oh, now I raised the kids. Right. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it is. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, my favorite part that you actually will get access to like in this episode will, um, it's the hotel, the hotel story. I don't yeah. like that shit was mind blowing. Just by get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So listen until at least you get to that part. Okay. Well, let's pray and do it. All right. Dear God, thank you for this platform and this opportunity to share interesting conversations and experiences that hopefully impact people's lives. Thank you for the Fletchers and thank you for guiding their hand on their experience and guiding so many other chiropractors and health practitioners to a greater understanding. Um, Help all the people listening um, to gain something from this, uh, to be inspired, to, to support each other in their marriages and help us all as we make our way through this life and try to help. In your name we pray. Amen. That's all Persian. <laughs> Is that called something? That's not an air horn. It's, it's like a it, DJ no, sound. It's right? like a DJ air horn. Like, like it's supposed to like. It's like you have an air horn button on your board. You know what I think would be cool? I'm just coming up with this idea, and I think it might be the ADHD. It might not actually be a good idea, but it sounds like a good idea. Is like if we wore a belt type thing. You could like play those certain DJ sounds. Like it would just spice up life. If you were like somebody made some kind of joke and you could like push a like button. It's not. All right. Your face implies that it's not the next million dollar idea. So you know how annoying morning radio is? Yeah. Like because of all the drop in sounds. Well, I don't. Now imagine that every moment of your life. Imagine what I think Gen Z is going to like this. I think Our daughter would just be making fart sounds (laughs) all the time. I know, but we're old curmudgeons. I think think we could be on to our million dollar. Don't steal my idea. This is copyright. She slays. Copyright. She slays. Okay. All right. And now.
our conversation with Nancy and David Fletcher. Enjoy. I would say that the chiropractic spouses are pretty unique. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, think that's a really cool idea to do because we we are unique. Great chiropractors are unique, but their spouses are really unique too. Because you you inherit and deal with and manage and encourage a lot of different stuff that other people don't. Oh yeah, it's it's not yeah. you know with chiropractors they kind of self chose the profession and oh. the lifestyle and the yes. weirdness that comes with it. Oh, and I when was it on like in our dating? Because, you know, Kirby and I both grew up just like air quotes here, normal family. Yeah. We got our vaccines like do, do, do. And when was it in our dating process? Because I we met I was t- a T1 at Northwestern and mm-hmm. he was finishing up business school at Carlson School of Business in Minneapolis. And somewhere along the lines, I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to vaccinate my children. And he was like, I don't remember you being appalled. I'm, I'm a, I'm a researcher and a bit of a anti-authoritarian. So like, as soon as they started looking into things, I was like, oh, this is going to work great for me. (laughs) So yeah, there were, there were lots of little things where like, um, you know, just to get like down and personal we first time that we got pregnant before we found out mm. we were having a girl, I was like, Hey, and we were, I mean, obviously we were married at this point, but like, we had had not had like the circumcision conversation. Yep. And I was like, Hey, just so you know, um, if this is a boy, I'm going to let you decide, but I want you to do your research first. Oh, and within like 10 minutes of research, I was like, okay, yeah, no, this seems yeah, not, that's not happening. Well, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Well, yeah, luckily Kirby was, yeah, you're right. The, like I cho- or chose this, you kind of got roped in. How did, when did you two meet in the process? Well, we, we I was a nursing student and okay. it was a chiropractic student. We met like very, very young. So we've been together for 150 years. Uh, maybe and, 151. <laughs> and, uh, but I was, I was like first year nursing student and David was second year, second third year, year or something. Yeah. Um, and our, our schools were really close together. So um, they, what I was, of course, the, um, social. the social committee chair, there's a surprise. Oh. And I arranged a $5 all you could drink beer night. But, but the demographics were- Your intro story <laughs> sounds very similar. <laughs> but the demographics were such that we were 95% male in terms of our class. Yep. The transition towards being parity, you know, between male, female yeah. in terms of the uh, intake yeah. for chiropractic students, well, they were 95% female. So it was like nurses, chiropractors. Oh, that would work. Like my, my <laughs> best friend is married to one of his best friends. Oh my God. Like awesome. It's just very interesting. So yeah. So of course I remember, and they were saying, well, I was like, how are we going to get people here? We're all girls. Like I, I got to figure this out. And they're like, oh, it's not a problem. The chiropractors are down the road. Like this is not a problem. And I'm like, what the heck is a chiropractor? So talking about growing up, I had no idea. And and they went, I have no idea, but they're really good looking. I'm like, okay, great. So they came. And here we are. And we were all we were all either waiters or bouncers at the right. bars. In, and this is in Toronto. So there, there was such a great in it, uh, on the social scene of trying to get anywhere. You had to have a ticket in. It was a chiropractor who could get you a ticket into anything, awesome. which is really kind of awkwardly weird. Yeah, yeah really that helpful. Great. <laughs> and here we are to tell the tale. Yeah. So did you, 
I, I actually don't know, David, like, I don't know your backstory. Nancy, did you actually practice nursing? For a while, I, I've actually had a really active career. I okay. um, did. I actually, when I graduated in Canada, there were no jobs for nurses. It was like it was, it was just stacked. So I went to California, and I lived in California when I first graduated, and and was a nurse at UCLA Medical Center. Um, and then um, after that, then I went back and did a master's degree. Came back to Canada, did a master's degree, and I taught nursing for a number of years. Oh, wow. Or I taught really in a health health sciences faculty where my focus and then my master's um, was really around education and leadership. So I've really had a very active career. I then went into hospital administration and have been on an executive team for the last 15 years at a senior level in hospital system. So that, um, and then um, COVID hit and uh, was really intense. I've done uh, two, the last two years, I've spent a lot of time um, modeling, doing consulting. So I moved out of my executive role, but more into a consultant role around uh, managing um, through COVID, which has been interesting. Um, And last year, about a year ago, I had enough and said, I can't talk about COVID one more minute of my life. And so I really have been um, in the last year uh, doing CLA very, very much more on a more than full time basis. Um, Always in the background, always been very. Well, yeah, I was going to say you've always been involved. As we are. Yeah. But um, much more so in the last year. Yeah. And and so, so COVID has been great for CLA. Because we were, <laughs> because because we, were, we, were <laughs> we were able to get a great hire for nothing. <laughs> yeah, here I am. Yeah. yeah. But we, we, we live to tell the tale. And, and, you know, I'll just, I'll just add on that is that uh, we started this conversation about how, you know, it's our choices, uh, you know, as, as being the chiropractors to enroll spouses. Mm-hmm. But what was so fascinating in my journey was my mother was a nurse. And so uh, I grew up with this, this understanding that nursing is really, really a holistic approach. You know, I, if, there, if there's anyone in the healthcare system who gets chiropractic, if they kind of peel back the fact that they work in medicine, it's nurses. And so the fact that, you know, you have the, the caring model that's associated with nursing touching into the, into the vitalistic model, which is chiropractic, um, we really had a, a value set that worked perfectly together never, when we were bringing our kids. Been. It was so easy. And, um, been, uh, yeah. and and kind of like you, Kirby, I'm like open-minded and I like this. This is way, this philosophy was much more in tune with who I was, even in my yeah. career, although I've worked in hospital systems and things, I've never been, I've never had a, um, a clash. I mean, I have been senior level uh, VP and I've never brought in a vaccine policy, like just all kinds of things that I did that nobody really knew why or how, but my nurses, nobody was ever, there was never a mandatory vaccine policy. And when, like I said, last year, COVID really has pushed me a little bit. And that's when I was like, okay, if I, if I have to explain myself or whereas before it was just, I did what I wanted to do. Like I took on quality projects, like reducing cesarean section rates, like all kinds of stuff that I think people kind of look at me and go, you were in a hospital. I'm like, yeah, I did really cool stuff. Like I brought in a midwifery unit that was like, it's, it's nationwide renowned, amazing stuff, but I could do that. Like slide in my value sets. I had babies at home. I didn't have babies in the hospital, but some people want to have a midwife in the hospital. Great. We got it for you. Yeah. 
And so there's stuff like that. And I think, you know, it's face value. Sometimes you hear what someone does and you judge. And a little bit that happens with my role in chiropractic. People kind of, oh, yeah, you're a nurse. Mm-hmm. Oh, you work in the hospital. <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, but I've done some really cool stuff. Like, give me, you know, give me five minutes. We'll talk about it. Right. Well, I think some, uh, like I've had a lot like Christy Hudson, um, is the first name that's popping up, but like, there's like multiple others that are not chiropractors that are like advocating the hell uh, for chiropractors. And sometimes I almost feel like, you know, Nancy, you said like, you know, people hear your profession and might stereotype. Well, sometimes I feel like chiropractors get just like blocked at the, uh, like from the opportunity to have some of the stuff all the time chiropractor i know and so it's like i'm gonna sneak my wife in there (laughs) yeah yeah exactly that's just toe in the door yeah so you two really had like or have and have always had separate separate strong careers yes very much while raising children and this is something that i is unique I can't tell you the number of times that I've gotten on a call with a woman or in there, you know, even then we're like, okay. And then what happened when kids came along and then, and this is no judgment at all, but then the female chiropractor goes, or, you know, well, then I really like stayed at home and helped. And I was like, I wanted, so I've been wanting to talk to someone where it's like, how did this work? We, uh, we, perfectly. we actually never struggled. It was yeah. between the two of us. It was really important. A lot of people are like, did you work in the office? I never worked in the office. I never, but I always, I, and then that's not to say I was disinterested or mm-hmm. not involved. And the same with David in my career as well. So, I mean, probably one of the most stressful things I did was do a master's degree with two kids under five. That was, that was a little stressful. Wow. Yeah, that's... And and my reward, of course, when I was done, I was like, okay, now I want a third baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, How old was the second at this point when you wanted the third baby? Uh, just four. Yeah. 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 No, just three. Three. They're, they're, just, they're they almost four, four years. Just long enough where you forget how hard a new baby is, and you go, you like, did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> But, but you know what was so fascinating in, in that same era, and, and it was all about putting it together. Um, we made the decision that if we were going to have this, this, this super career modeling that we loved, like it wasn't to try and prove anything, we just loved doing it, is that it had to have a level of organizational behaviors built into it. And so we, I really, we really yeah. embraced this whole, uh, you know, at that time it was referred to as practice management, but this whole idea of, of yeah. having an organized business. And, you know, our practice, I always yeah. refer to it as our practice because Nancy was so involved in at least supporting me yeah. through it, is it, it turned out to be one of the largest practices in Canada, it, you know, if not one, if not the largest, because it was still there. And so we live right in the center of a huge, you know, urban, urban city. And, and so there's lots of, there's lots of, of things to do and everything else. And we never gave up anything, but it all began with this sort of organizational behavior. And I don't want to make it sound like it was you know, some type of mechanistic approach. It was just that if we wanted a life, we didn't want to be overwhelmed with the smaller details. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and I was thinking back to when our third was being discussed. Mm-hmm. 
we, I would travel a lot. I was doing a lot of rock climbing, a lot of mountaineering at the time. And I open up my, I open up my pack and I'm at the top of Kilimanjaro. And there's this little note from Nancy that says, so are you ready for number three? You know, now that you've got <laughs> that this, that was his, that was top my, of the mountain. <laughs> that was my top of the mountain moment. Like, okay, so you've had your fun now. Can you, got, like, no are you ready? He's like, does this mean you are pregnant or you want <laughs> yeah, to get pregnant? Exactly. Damn it. No, 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 no. So he actually said the, the part of the, the, the reality about this is David, he comes back and goes, yeah, okay, you have a month. <laughs> Figure it out. You got one month to make this work. And I got pregnant. So there you go. <laughs> all is well. <laughs> so, you, so David, you had, well, you both had one of the most successful and largest practices in Canada, you said? Yeah. How did you not talk her out of <laughs> like as soon as we got like as soon as blue hills chiropractic got to this level where i was like oh this is a thing um kirby you know we were doing we were spending all this time talking as i'm sure you were your dinner talk and we'll, i do want to talk somebody remember to talk about boundaries yep. later um but like it just became so <laughs> like okay this you you need well, it to was come a, over here. it was somewhat of a natural transition because the things that she needed help with i could do like oh i need someone to build a website and i was kind of cheap about it and i said like well i can do it and let's not pay someone a lot of money so i figured out how to do that and then it was well we need team photos and i know how to do that and then it was all the business conversations For sure to the point where i was like i don't know if i have enough time to do consulting work and help out the business enough how about i just come in but so like, when you're, when the behemoth of your practice, like how, did you have conversations early on, David, where you're like, how about, or I think what we did more yeah. is play to our strengths. So yes, it was a strength, but it was also, um, um, financially, it was more rewarding for me to stay in my career than it was to hire someone and to do the things that you needed to do. And we had really great staff, great associates, um, and I think that makes the difference is how you manage that. And David is an amazing business person. Like he has that skill set. That was always his strength. And how he got to be so successful is that he has a really strong business acumen. You know, I was I was brought up in a small business environment. So stepping into chiropractic, actually, my parents were like, what are you doing going into healthcare? You've got the family business, you know, you could go with. Um, but uh, that ended up going to my brother and I wanted to be in healthcare anyways. I always dreamed of being, you know, in healthcare. Um, and chiropractic was one of those things that uh, that kind of caught everyone by surprise. But I loved what chiropractic had done for myself. And I love the idea. I mean, I, I come out of a mathematics background. And so as a result of that, everybody thought I was going in a different direction, engineering or otherwise. And so uh, saying that I was going to go into, into A, healthcare, B, chiropractic was one of those sort of wow moments. Um, but it turned out to be like the perfect fit. And so you blend that sort of perfect fit with this idea of, of a good business modeling that went on, or at least this idea of small business you could really put your energy into it and be successful. I don't think that many of our many of our sort of chiropractic colleagues understand the gift that they have been given, which is to operate a small business and and be incredibly successful. It's the path to ultimate success. You don't even have to have multiple offices. I mean, that's very interesting and everything else. 
if you just get it right and you have one set of bricks and mortar and you start transitioning and building momentum and efficiencies into it, you can get multiple, multiple layers of income coming in and it's exciting. And so, you know, I was able to, to transition not only from a very successful practice, but um, I love chiropractic. Like I, along this journey, you know, Lauren, as you were saying, you sort of had to, had to find your way into this, this vitalistic moment. Um, you know, and we all did. I graduated CMCC, for goodness sakes, and you're Northwestern. You know, you have to <laughs> unlearn what you have to unlearn. Yeah. And so, and so, but as you get to fall in love with this vitalistic, you know, exciting yeah. model, it's it's so tuned into family, it's so tuned into everything, right? Mm-hmm. So there's no, none of these, these conflicted relationships or value sets. Um, the real story then becomes, can you leverage efficiencies? And so efficiencies typically, and I think this is a big thing, Kirby, that you and Lauren have talked about on the podcast, can you find the right mix in your team? You know, can you yeah. grow to the next level with the next team member? My first and my first associate stayed with me 17 years. Wow. And, you know, I mean, and, and that's a that's a credit to relationship building, which I learned from from Nancy. I mean, and, she's, and you she's see, an like everybody that and, and we did. We do a lot of training, like a lot. Not training. We actually we did. It was team building. It was team building and, and core values and just just standing behind who you are be good people if you're a good person people stay with you generally yeah. and i think and pay them well yeah. you know and honestly like you know if you're and and i think that this is where the cla story sort of evolved into our life was that we had these efficiencies built in and i had this quest i have a, a research fellowship so i had this quest to try and find more about what chiropractic could deliver to humankind and so i started uh, studying performance and so in my research, it was all based on performance and the ability of neurology and performance. And I found uh, this interesting uh, feature of something called EMG. And so I and so we started to to study and use EMG and mine was a pretty crappy unit. So I happened to, to go on. Well, I happened to hear about this, this product that was run by a guy named Chris Kent and 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 Patrick Gentempo. And so I called them up and it was sort of this match made in heaven because they didn't know that I knew enough about chiropractic and they I figured out that they knew a lot about EMG. And so I started being their academic advisor back in the high 90s. And um, that's where I sort of tied into CLA and uh, and transitioned our life as well as everything beyond the practice into the start of CLA. What was EMG? So EMG was like the first part of the trifecta, right? Yeah. What was EMG being used for outside of chiropractic? Well, um, in that time, needle EMG yeah, was needle. needle EMG was being used for evoked potential. So if somebody had a carpal tunnel syndrome or something like that, they would then it was a medical model. But they were there was a lot of research that had been done on surface EMG, but many people dismissed it because surface EMG being used on a spinal base level mm-hmm. did not correlate to back pain. Okay, mm-hmm. and so this is a huge, huge point in vitalistic chiropractic. Mm-hmm. is that uh, surface EMG and the use of EMG was a lousy indicator of where the back pain was. Mm-hmm. So people went out and sort of said, oh, it's a lousy product to use in 
chiropractic, but it's a right. perfect product if you're looking at exhaustion and you're looking at, at behavioral modeling and everything else like that. And so full credit to Christopher Kent is that he introduced the principle of dyspinesis, which was the use of EMG as it related to vitalistic chiropractic. Um, thermography had been used from the, you know, from the 20s as far as it goes, but then we introduced it as this principle of dysautonomia that, that associated with the dyskinesis. And uh, mm. then the third method was dyskinesia in the early days, and, and, and that was range of motion. So the subluxation station was developed over the 3D model of the subluxation of, the, of dyskinesia, dyskinesis, and uh, dysautonomia. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a game changer. Yeah. Um, okay, hold on though. <laughs> so, yeah, so many, I have so many different tangents. And I know, I like about seven questions. You can go. So I want to go back to the, you said something about just like how chiropractic really incorporated like the family values. Yeah. So along this line of careers, boundaries, children, family values, like, did you, did you have spoken conversations about like, this is what we need to do protect our kids from seeing us being workaholics. Also, do you know your Enneagram types? You know, we're not Enneagram people. Okay, what is your personality test of choice then? I will. Yes. Okay, yeah, what's we, your dis? We were distrained. So, you know, I'm what's a bad driver innovator. You know, yeah, I'm a shocking. DI. I'm a okay. DI. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. yeah. <laughs> not so an analytical, you? surprisingly. I'm an SI, but such a high S that makes me a D. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, like, you both seem really driven. <laughs> but my, I'm, my S is, is just that importance of steady and, um, holds a grudge. If there ever was, <laughs> if there ever was someone. <laughs> okay. More important, what he isn't saying and what none of the personality type is mostly, this is a very hyperactive ADD person mm-hmm. here who mm-hmm. loves to do 14,000 things, starts 1800 things. Well, that's where, that's where my question was like, how did he not be like, Hey, okay, so you know those six ideas I started last month? I got another one. Can you come help with those other six so I can start this new one? Yeah. <laughs> like, Challenged. No. Yeah. No, David. The other, the other personality type that I love is a Colby. I don't know if you've ever oh, known. Oh, yeah. So I'm a really unique. I'm a quick start uh, and a finisher. So it's, it's, oh. very, it's like a very small percent of the population that has that so i love new things i love innovation which is why we we just keep going and that's where we get our energy off each other we just love doing new things we don't like doing we're not we're not bored ever never mm-hmm. never <laughs> and but i will finish it like i'll finish something even if it was a bad idea but i'll have to like wrap it up david's like drop it it wasn't <laughs> I'm pulling whatever hair I have left out going, please, can we move on to the really important thing, which is this unicorn idea with shiny bobbles over here. The newest thing. So, okay, since you weren't working together, like next to each other, eight to five, like when were a lot of these business conversations happening? Because- we're early risers. Yeah. I think that okay. helps. So we do. And and a lot of it was kids, outside yeah. of kids. Like, yeah. yeah, our kids are, they, they know, I think children of chiropractors know that it's a 24 seven mm. piece. It's what we do. Cause it's, it's not only what you do, it's what you think and it's what you are. And that's where I was saying about being a spouse Kirby is that 
you own that, right? Like it's yeah. just who we are. It's just Absolutely. how we, at least for us, that's how we manage. That's how we think. That's how we process the world is through that lens. And when I say chiropractic, it's that lens of, of lifestyle that we've chosen which is easy and, and you adapt yeah. and, 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 and it, it, talking about this sort of give and go, you know, in couples and in family dynamics, um, you know, here was the experience. So we live in the city, but my practice was in the first suburb. So by the time you were servicing the people in the suburbs, you had to wait for them to come home. Mm -hmm. So I had, I had a late day and, you know, you try and budget. So you only did two late days in the week, but I couldn't make the soccer games every night or the baseball mm -hmm. games every night. And instead of it being this terrible thing in our lives, Nancy became a soccer mom after she finished work. You know, she'd quickly change out of her exec dress and everything else that was going on, but I couldn't make it in time. And then, but then you did Tuesday mornings because you didn't practice. So you got the kids off. You know, so I would handle the school drop that. off so. and everything else. And, and it just worked out the way yeah, we never, it was just not a story. No, not no. And our kids yeah. were, and our kids, I think inherently, you know, by the time they can understand it, I think inherently they kind of got this whole rhythm yeah. that there wasn't going to be one or the other. It was going to be mm -hmm. that you get this parenting from, you know, both of them as they can You're, deliver it. It was and a team. It right? was a yeah. team approach. Yeah. How did you prioritize um, the, like, according to God would probably be like the most important thing, your relationship. Yeah, no, we always talk about that. And we learned this, um, or, or I think uh, David and Nicole Jackson defined it more than, than we did, but we probably lived it um, without a definition, um, is that we come first. And we always have. Mm -hmm. And I and and I remember telling a really good friend of ours, and he was like, your kids are your life. Like, I've never seen two totally parents involved out. with and their then... kids. And I'm like, yeah, we're so involved with our kids because we come first. And that's what I'm saying. You know, there's early mornings. There's always Friday. I, I, and maybe I, it's wrong that I'm going to say this, but we never had a date night because we date all the time. Mm. We'll go for Starbucks and it's a date. We'll go like, hey, do you want to go to Home Depot? Absolutely. And we go together and we yeah. do all that. We do so much together. It's yeah. crazy. And we always have. Yeah, I had this realization probably, I don't know, three months ago-ish. And uh, so we have seven and 10-year-olds. And um, and I also wanted a third baby when <laughs> our youngest was about three. Um, but we had solidified that uh, decision surgically a year prior. And I was like, shoot. But anyway, so we had two. And, um, it, you know, we're we're in it right now you know seven and ten oh, we're, yeah. and we're just oh. like starting that's, that's, our yeah. kids aren't even like major into sports like they each have like one that they're into so mm. like it's manageable but but it's starting it's starting to be yeah. a lot and so a couple months ago i have no idea what like caused the realization to happen but it was like okay so these kids you know so many people like you said your friend was like what appalled that your children yeah. don't come first and like, we've done marriage therapy in the past and we're both just like readers and self-development. And like, when you look at a lot of things about marriage, whether it's Christian or whatever, um, the, the husband wife is this relationship that is supposed to come before like being the parent. And I feel like so many people have that, you know, like, no, 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 society, you are a parent first. And then I'm like, okay, but hold on. Like we 
you know, what it was is like, we are a team to them. There is no, like, I'm going to ask mom exactly. or instead there is no secret. It's yep. very like, we are a, uh, a front to them. And I'm like, they're going to go off. They're going to graduate and leave the house. <laughs> Fingers crossed here. Well, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. important. We just graduated our last one. Yeah. <laughs> last, last master's degree is done. Anyways, carry on. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. And you're like, go now. <laughs> and so like, they're going to hopefully leave our house and go find their person and find their adventure and find their life. And if we spend, you know, the collective 20 years where we're parenting, we have children at home focusing on them first, then when they leave, what, what will be left of us? If the, when the kids leave the house, we look to each other and we're like, well, now what's left of us? And it's by chance, like, that's not fair to yeah. us. And so like, they're going to go The 20 years, hopefully is a blip in our marriage and we have to be protect and value this as sacred because we're going to have decades without them where I still want to have the love of my life and an adventure and that connection. And so, yeah, a lot of people don't think of it that way. Yeah. And, and we really, I think we started that. We were, yeah, we, we, that's just the way we always have been. And I think more subliminally than, uh, you know, outwardly, but I, on examination, that's how I would say it is. Yeah. And I think that in the early days, we, we, um, started a practice in in not in Toronto but in yeah. elsewhere and it was a really busy and big practice as well and so I kind of got that that noise of of trying to fail before you get successful <laughs> out of the way and it was sort of an interesting thing because I know many people sort of authentic or at least origin story is is that you know I failed and then I found Nirvana I, I was successful from the moment I hung my first David Fletcher <laughs> on the door it was just I, I I didn't get into this to fail that was just the mindset and there's a story about me starting out my practice in a hotel room and everything else that goes along with it and on another episode we'll get into that yeah I mean on top of that I started university when I was 16 and I was a bit of a prodigy. And as a result of that, by the time I graduated chiropractic school, I was only 22 and I probably looked 14. And yeah. so and so I started up in a town of 3,500, just decided I, my car actually broke down there. And I thought, well, this is a good place to start. And Perfect. so I, I, I ended up in the middle of central Alberta, which is kind of like middle Montana, where there's nobody else. Yeah, you two are married at this point or still nope. dating? No, we were together, we were together but she's in UCLA. UCLA. She's in okay. UCLA. Oh, God. oh, wow. Yeah, actually. And so you brought me back again. Yeah. I, coerced her to move to Cowtown. Um, and so anyhow, uh, so I go there and it's in the middle of an oil boom and there is, and it's only a town of 3,500 and there is not any leasable space, but they're building a space of a, for a bank. And so I sign a lease for the second floor, but I have, I have like three months to kill before it's going to happen. I thought, well, I'm not going to sit around and broke in my own car apparently. So I went to the Lakeview Motel and the Lakeview Motel had two had two stories, so I was room two seventeen on a walk up. And of course, this is the this is the defining moment of where you kind of go. You go to the to the manager and say, "Can you rent a hotel room by the hour?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> what do you want in here?" 
anyhow, so I negotiate with them and I start going out and it's the old Parker whip out card. So I had a bunch of, of cards done. And so I just was, you know, handing out cards around town, business cards. business cards, I should say. And so I ended up getting really busy. I don't know why, but I ended up getting really busy, like so busy. I needed a CA. And so my first CA was the front desk. And, and so, and we were overwhelming this entirely crappy hotel. If you ever see Ozark, you know, the, the show, yeah. was, they have that crappy yeah. hotel. That's it. it. Was okay, it. That's yeah. it. Exactly. So I'm on the second Except floor. you were on the second floor. So, oh, yeah. That was, How did people. So here was my, here was my unique idea. I said, okay, well, I need some type of control. And so I got a deck of cards and I put them in different suits. So I, you know, I'd go clubs, diamonds, spades, and hearts, and I'd go ace high. And so when somebody walked in and said, I'm looking for the chiropractor, I'd have my front desk CA, who was the, you know, who was the, the receptionist on call, hand them a, hand them one of the, the playing cards and you say, walk out to room 217. And many of them would bring a lawn chair. And stick the lawn chair up in the hall, so my the whole hall would be would be my waiting room, and I would walk out of the door. It was it was there. It was twenty bucks a visit, and they throw twenty bucks in the thing, and and there was no record keeping, and and so I'd walk out and go Queen of Spades, and somebody hold up the Queen of Spades and walk in, throw the card down, and I'd go through a deck of cards a night in this in this experience that was going on here. So by the time I started three months later. I had a booming practice that was uh, that was, you know, more probably than anything else, uh, a sideshow for what people wanted to get out of chiropractic. But it was a great start. And then it never turned away from there. Did you bring the deck of cards? No, but I hired somebody <laughs> <laughs> the play cards. Oh, I love that from the get-go, you were thinking like, systems literally and procedures. literally started with 200 patients. Yeah, I, I mean, I opened, my, I opened the door with uh, 200 visits a week just from, from this, this sort of knowledge. And we were, uh, I remember in that, in that very first practice, this was the mindset that was so important, is I contacted my, oh, sure, by the way, at that time, a business loan was at, from the bank was 24.5%. Okay, that inflation was running, this is sort of topical now, but inflation was running right then at 17%. And wow. in North America. And so crazily, um, I remember calling up my insurance agent. I said, can I open 24 hours a day? I was just so driven by this idea that chiropractic was so special and that we had to do it. I was only in a town of 3,500, but it was like, well, what can I do to keep growing? And the guy goes, sure, go, whatever. I never went that route, but I just remember that mindset which was about this idea that we had something so special that there was no reason to put a block in front of it. And I wasn't going to be the blocker. So if there, if you could be there 24 hours, do it. And I know that, you know, just sort of in a sort of closing thing is that there's this relationship of where, where chiropractic owes us something. And, you know, we, we get into this of, well, I'm going to put barriers and blocks in front of it. And I didn't have much going on. I was in, you know, a single guy in the middle of nowhere. So why not maximize your opportunities? And that's what we did. Yeah. And then I coerced her to move from LA to a town <laughs> of 3,500. <laughs> now that's a lot of good salesmanship. Yeah, I was going to say, that's how I know you're a great salesman. <laughs> the other funny thing about this town of 3,500 down the road, so maybe 10 miles, there were... 30 chiropractors. 30 chiropractors. 
And it Whoa! was legendary. So it wasn't like it was. And you're running out of a hotel room. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't. It wasn't like there was nobody else. It was no, no. They provided was, the service that they needed with intention and purpose. And yeah, yeah. And I just, I just offered a completely different energetic approach yeah. to it, and it was, it was tonal, which is very interesting because mm-hmm. I was not trained in tonal. But I went to Parker and I started listening. And uh, I think I was one of the very first activator practitioners that was there. So there was a little bit of a distinction in terms of instrument. And then we applied instrument through more of an uh, upper cervical tonal based yeah, model. Really good and I, you know, I was an exceptional adjuster. And it became this, this sort of thing of where people were like, well, I got to meet this guy. And yeah. it was just so much fun. Yeah. It was just so much fun. Yeah. So when you moved from LA to this small yeah. town, what what did you do? Was there also a hospital there? Was well, there a college nearby? Out, no, as it turns out, I I moved and I went. There was an interview, uh, an what do you call that? A job posting at the at no, I can't remember where it was. Anyways, is that a community college for a teacher? I was twenty two years old but I'd had two years of experience in an ICU in California. And I interviewed as a, for a professor role at a community college and they hired me full time. And so I had this amazing job. I worked actually, and I mean, we're hard workers. I mean, there's no doubt, there's no moss on us. So I worked part-time on a, on a mental health unit. Mm-hmm. in at the hospital and I worked full-time as a professor and you had your practice and we did that for years we did that for years until one day and this is the way we are we were Saturday morning we're lying in bed and I said I think I've had enough living in Alberta let's let's try somewhere else and he went oh my god me too and we <laughs> that was September and by January 1st we were on a beach in Fiji uh we'd sold Everything. So except my Porsche, which I <laughs> kept my Porsche. Good point. And and, <laughs> and and on and and we we then took a year off. And we backpacked. We for backpacked a year. for a year. Like totally, wow. like one backpack, nothing. Like we and we had this big house. We bought. We Ooh, built a house and all this stupid stuff. Anyways, we moved on, and that was it. So then, and then we ended up back in Toronto, and so we restarted here, and la la la. But, but I think that I think that part of that that sort of origin story that I was talking about is that we use that time to really discover who we were. And I think yeah. we knew each other yeah. through our early lives, but then we'd already had some experience working together. And, but I think that one of the things that became so evident, especially when you're backpacking and you're not you're a, you're a traveler versus a tourist and you start to really immerse yourself in the different cultures. Uh, we spent a lot of time in Southeast Asia and India. And the realities were is that you got humbled by what you owned, you know, not only in material things, but we were playing catch up at all times for these people that had nothing except that their spirituality and their ability to have have grace in the face of of adversity taught us so much like we were we were so open at that particular stage. And so our principle of vitalism as being healers, and we really transitioned from being practitioners to healers at that time, really became um, this 
institutional model. And, and when I opened the practice in the Toronto area, it was again, based upon the vitalism of, of chiropractic, but, and it wasn't imbued, we didn't, I mean, we got Buddha heads all over our house here, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't some type of, uh, of, of meditative experience. It was pure chiropractic, but there was this, this, this modeling that was so clear that we had something that could, you know, what Stevenson always said was arouse innate. Well, innate was, was so better defined when we had a chance to study or at least immerse ourselves in, in, in these different cultures. And it was, it was so easy to see the brilliance of chiropractic when you had, had been able to travel in these different cultures. That is so cool. And I mean, when you're in it, I can see how you, you fully immerse yourself in that. You are living that. You're kind of in that chill space. When you come back and you're starting this new practice and you're restarting your career, how do you, how do you hold on to that magic? Yeah. Like, do you have yeah, like a daily practice to you? Yeah, there's a lot of well, you know, the ADD part over here. Um, like when we even when we were traveling, he was like, We gotta go, we gotta get home. Like, because he 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 wanted to see and I kept saying because he's coming up with ideas while he's over there. Oh, yeah. oh you got it. <laughs> you can see the are sparkling uh-huh. area. <laughs> you can relate, right? But we did, you know, there were lots of times where I was like, No, we're not going back yet, just chill. And then when we did come back, we were like, Oh, that it's it's reality. Okay, back at it, but it's different, yeah. So it's really hard to maintain that, and I think. You have to, that's the reality of travel period and certainly of travel versus tourism is, you know, it's like, even when you go on a quick vacation, you come back and it's like, oh, okay, not. I, we went to Thailand and Malaysia for two weeks. And I remember it's kind of a melodramatic or hyper. No, it's not. I I had like a, a small meltdown in Target the week after, because I was just like, Oh my gosh, it's just so much stuff and people are just buying their couch cushions and their candles. And, you know, you're just like, whoa, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Very true. Well, I, I know that you had, had on the podcast, Stu Bittman and mm-hmm. um, Stu and I met on a, on a mission trip with Sigafoos. So there was Stu oh, and Sigafoos. Wow. And, and I, I, I got to know, got to know, uh, Stu, but especially Sig for many, many years, he and I knew each other. And you go on these mission trips. This was the original Panama trip that was there. And you're seeing hundreds and hundreds of people a day, an hour. And you walk back out of that experience, back into your practice, which you think is pretty solid in vitalism. And you walk back into Target, as you said, and it's overwhelming. It's It's just this sort of bizarre what am I on this planet for? But you get it together. You know, I mean, mm. you, you start to realize that there is a path and a purpose for you having, you know, your family dynamics and your home dynamics and your practice dynamics. Um, you know, that that's our journey. There's a different journey for the folks that that were in that were in Thailand or in Target or otherwise, you know, and I think this is where the this this notion of knowing who that, who, you know, know thyself principle is so critical if you're going to be in practice for a lifetime. Uh, you know, it's. I think it's as exciting to go through these transitions of where you go from, you know, not being trapped in practice where you get an associate and that's the next transition where you go and, and do a side hustle if you want. And, you know, that's your next transition. And don't feel trapped with it because you're always going to be a chiropractor 
if you understand the principles. Whether you choose to be a practicing chiropractor or not, that's, that's a different model. But chiropractic is infused in your DNA, which is your family values. It's, 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 a, it's a way of life. It's not a profession alone. And that's how we see it. Um, kind of to transition this, like coming home from Thailand uh, experience into what you two likely see, you mentor a ton of chiropractors, you likely see this oh shit slash aha moment on repeat when you have an existing chiropractor who's been in practice a year, 10 years, whatever, buys an insight scanner. And now they're like, I'm seeing 200, 300, 400 people a week without having, you know, on whatever, is it the mechanistic or whatever model. And now I'm trying to incorporate this and it's not as easy as it hurts here, the problems here, six adjustments, and then you'll be fixed. How do you, how do you have, how do you help chiropractors make that transition? Cause it's hard when you like, cause I am one who had like, I didn't incorporate it until we were seeing like 350 a week. Now, granted, we bumped up to like 550 a week, but that transition was one of the hardest things I've ever mm-hmm. had to do because you come into this thing that's that's working, like air quotes working. You're making a ton of money, but you're like, it doesn't match what I want to do. Yeah, it's, it, it, I, I think that I'll start this, but I think Nancy has a really great perspective on it because it's it's really about not even chiropractic, it's about leadership. And it's about leading your own personal life model. Um, the reason that people go from being very mechanistic and successful towards an insight is that there is some there is something missing in their in their psyche soma that is missing in why they want to be a chiropractor. Um, it, whether they can say it or not, or whether they yeah. acknowledge it or not, they just know at that sort of DNA level that they don't want to be the same person they are for the rest of their lives. And so we sort of put that transitional comment in. Uh, I sort of coined this principle of going from a spine first to a nerve first approach. And the minute that you sort of open that transition, you make yeah. it easy for them. And I've always said that you don't have to give up anything like, you know, you have to be a parent to these people is that you don't have to give up anything. You just have to open your mind to how this this glove and hand relationship between the spine and the nervous system was always there anyways. It was just your focus was on the spine. You just missed the opportunity to look at the nervous system. And so even if you did nothing, you know, to change your practice you yourself would know you were at a better place. And mm-hmm. I think that for, for some of these people that are busy and, and trying to transition through it. And I think that that's when I said the leadership comes in is that when you finally figure out that you don't have to give up anything to get where you want to go in life, then you get to lead yourself. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah. I, I think, I think we have some, Lauren, your example is someone who is already very successful in practice, but wants to shift or makes the decision to add technology into their practice, uh, you know, an exam technology. But, and what we've recently done, and we've really spent the last um, three months really looking at a redesign on our website to reflect 
out the way we see our, our clients because we've done a really deep dive into who are our clients, what, you know, who's our, you know, who's your ideal client, those kinds of things. But what we ended up doing is we've created personas. So we have the student persona because we are, we are present in a number of different schools that are using our scanning technology. So we have a student Soon persona. Northwestern. <laughs> Working on it. Uh, and then we They're have slow them. adapters. Yeah. <laughs> Never to be had at CCC. They don't let David in. But anyway, yeah. um, he may or may not have got. It's like a cease and desist. Please stop saying you graduated. I used, I used to teach there, and they kind of put a cease and desist on. They will not allow David Fletcher in the building. Anyway, um, which is a proud moment, you know. And that's the weird thing about chiropractors. We get really proud about weird shit like not being allowed in places. <laughs> anyways, um, so we have our our student. Then we have our new doc persona, who's like the one to three years mm. and we have our more experience so someone who is in practice and I look at our our three to five as someone who's probably come out of an associateship and is just starting their own practice but knows mm. how to scan used to scan mm-hmm. and they want to come in and then we have our experienced docs who are doing well in practice just, everything's just fine but some light bulb goes off they go to mile high they hear lauren and they say oh my gosh there is another world out here and this happens a lot right where you you you're you're standing you might hear someone you might read a book you might pick up a green book and you go how am i measuring this chiropractic and they find the insight so we're, we've really geared our website and our thinking to helping each one of those personas say, how am I going to use the technology to allow me to be a nerve first chiropractor versus a spine first chiropractor? If I could simplify it just in my words. Well, and you know, that brings up, I thought you did a great job. I think that the, um, the other thing that you start to learn is that when you get to know what your strengths are, you know, either in business or otherwise, I remember my brother running the family business said, I made more money by saying no than by saying yes. And what he was what he was saying was it was a bad time in the economy, but he didn't go out and take on bad accounts. He only focused on the right accounts. And so he made more money by not trying to chase bad debt and the rest of it. We we, we have a very huge open door policy. We want chiropractic. Like the thing about CLA is that it, it, it's more a mission model than it is about selling a piece of hardware or technology. We really believe, mm-hmm. and, and, and this is what drives us, is that people who look deeper into the nervous system uh, make better chiropractors, put it simple, and that changes mm-hmm. the world to a better place. So that's what drives us. But we also you know, put a little bit of a barrier up and said, you know, you have to love it this idea of chiropractic. So we've never stepped away from the subluxation centered model. Sure, we could go and tell, you know, tell people that you can use the insight for rehab or you could use the insight for, you know, for doing mechanistic practice. You just have to think it this way, whatever. We don't do that. I mean, some people try to use it and they get frustrated that way. They get frustrated, yeah. They do, because everything in our software, everything in our dialogue is subluxation centered. Mm-hmm. And so we really, and that's what I'm getting at. We just don't cater to chiropractic. We cater to the group of chiropractors who want to change towards, you know, a lifestyle model. And that's why so many of the highest producing chiropractors are the ones who are vitalistic and they use the insight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not, um, I mean, I get messages any, pretty much anytime I show something about scans or whatever on social, I'll get two to six messages, you know, from people just being like, yeah, 
I'm really, really interested. Tell me more. Or like, there's usually like one that's like, well, how will that work? Like, if I am, you know, <laughs> doing like this and I just have to be honest, I'll be like, yeah, if your treatment plan is three times a week for a once, two times, oh, or three times a week for one week, two times a week for yeah. one week, one time a week for one week, then once a month from there is, is not going to work. And it's my favorite thing for you in your current model is you're right. It's not like, well, you can use it this way. It's like, it forces you to level up. Yes. It forces you. I like that. You can not stay where you're at and dip your pinky toe in the water of being a vitalistic chiropractor, a subluxation-based chiropractor. You don't get to. It's not a it's not a magic trick. It's not a bait and switch. It is science. And we all know, like, you know, even within within modern or Western medicine, it's like. You know, the body sometimes doesn't do what you want it to do. And we don't like that because then we take that as chiropractors of like, but I adjusted them six times. I need the body to show that they're improving. And I go like, well, what if the body is trying to show you it's healing? And like, what if you just like switched the way that you were communicating this, but it's just like, that's not how I talk. It's like, well, what if you started? (laughs) What if you that, that, there was a, there was a post on it. We have a um, insight um, member forum um, just yesterday. Um, David, I was reading it. Something David had answered on the on the uh, on the forum, and someone said, "But but but their but 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 their their scan didn't. It, it, it isn't improving." And then he and then David said, "But what is improving? And what was your timeline? And I know you want it to." be not read, <laughs> but it doesn't work that way. You just did it so gently. And, and the person actually retorted back and said, well, that's it. Well, yeah, it was what you were looking for, but you know, and then sometimes you just have to have a, a mentor or a coach or whatever, you know, a person say patience and use the technology to, to show you what, what it is that's happening over time. I think that there's sort of two foundational things that every chiropractor sort of touches on. And if you master them, it just makes life so much easier. And that is you just get over the fact that, that, that you have to objectify every moment of what's going on in somebody else's life and purpose, you know, and their body. And what I mean by that is you don't have all the answers is that there is a universal intelligence in all things that gives to it all of its actions and its properties thereby maintaining it in existence, as in the major premise. I mean, that is so foundational that it's so important that everybody knows what that means. And it means that this is an incredible intelligent design, both mind and body. And so if you go in with the intent of being a good provider of an adjustment by the term adjustment versus manipulation, and you add value and, and you do what Stevenson said, which I mentioned already, which is to arouse or ignite this ability of the body to reorganize more effectively. Then if you stand back and use technologies or use your hands or whatever it is that you're doing to objectify what's going on, you don't have to judge whether it's good or bad. It just is. And then you have to learn to use that, that, that knowledge that you have to then figure out how you can add more value to this progress or this momentum that is going on in this genius of a system. But it does begin with this idea that you have to work from the inside out, not the outside in, if you're going to be a chiropractor of conscience. It's really tough because we're trained to be underqualified medical doctors. That's what we're trained to be because 
we're really, really shitty at diagnosing disease compared to medics. We really are. They're, they're way better at it because that's their paradigm. They have way better technologies. And so if you try and practice medicine as a chiropractor, you're going to come up against a very big glass ceiling or brick wall, one of the two. But if you practice chiropractic using technologies that show vitalistic measurement responsiveness within this genius of, 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 of a body mind, then you're never out of sync with it. You just acknowledge it. And, and, and if you just sort of put yourself and go, my gosh, this is just a brilliant response. Look at all the activity like on an EMG. You know, you go in the first 12 visits of somebody and, and it, you know, it looks worse. You know, there's a lot more color and activity. And it's like, well, no kidding. You just woke up the system. for a long time. Good for you. And, and, the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the medical model says, oh, red is bad. Now you've caused problems. It's like, no, you're doing okay. This is good. Give it time. Give it time. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, in time, it just becomes perfection. That's how we go. Oh yeah. Our, our patients who have been, you know, weekly or bi-weekly for years, their scans are just the same. Like they come in and they're like, Oh, I'm scared. You know, I've been real stressed lately. And I'm like, look at your stability. Isn't it great? It's just like, yeah, no. Oh, but this is, this has been absolutely wonderful. Um, Tell people, so we'll have a link below yeah, I'll get all for the sure in the and- but like tell people where do you want to send people to get more information about you about cla well that website you were talking yeah. about sounds like yeah. a pretty good idea yeah. it's insightcla.com and uh you know i think that uh, i think that people um really are it, it, let me put it this way i think that in, in sort of a closing moment here there's a lot of distractions in in being a chiropractor. And what I mean by that is, is that, you know, sometimes you have to be a dancing clown on Instagram and try and do a reel that makes sense. And and then in the next moment, you have to put on the serious hat for the same person who came in looking at the dancing clown. You have to be this one who's going, no, no, like I'm, I'm the real deal. And I'm going to talk to you about the health of your kid. So there's a lot of distractions there. And I think that what people have to realize is that it's, it's, it's really great to have a grounding moment mm-hmm. and technology, whether it's x-ray, but, you know, we stand for the insight is, is really about looking at using objective data so that you don't have to make things up so that you can just, so, so that you can have a level of confidence and certainty to give the conversation centered around chiropractic that's going to change their lives, improve their lives and not just their spine. And so I, I, I invite everybody to dip their toe in to this whole message about being a chiropractor of conscience when it comes to looking at the innate responsiveness to the nervous system. And, and, and Lauren, you mentioned this sort of this, this uh, dipping your toe in to the water of, of vitalism. It's, it's a little awkward. There's, a, there's a, a statement that I always enjoy using in, in some of my lectures. And it says, it's by Alan Watts, who was a great counterculturalist in the 60s. And he said, you can't get wet from the word water. You know, you, you can't just talk about things. You got to go in and, and get wet. You have to get baptized into this. And I, and I think that people using the insight really allow themselves to get that baptism by understanding that there is something more that's going on in this process. So I invite everybody to just 
open their minds up and try and see if they have it in them to look deeper. Mm. Nancy, any parting words from you? Uh, no, really love, love just, to, it's really fun to actually see you on video, which is really fun. And uh, I'd, I'd love to go for dinner sometime. Let's yeah. oh, Are you going to be speaking anywhere, either of you in the upcoming um, year? I think you're. Yeah, no, I've got. Uh, I'm, I'm life in life. Vision. I'm in life vision, and uh, I'm and, probably coming yeah. to the Midwest somewhere. Oh, I'm oh, doing Wisconsin. Wisconsin. I'm doing. I'm doing the uh, CSW in Wisconsin. In so October. I'm, I'm the head, yeah, I'm the headliner at that. So. Whoa! I'll be getting my CE. So let's plan yes. this. <laughs> yes. Yes. I have to come. Yes, yes you have to come. The Dells, right? Thank you. Yeah, in the Dells. It's it's a hoot. Really Tony Ebel nice loves the Dells. <laughs> Oh, yeah. it does the Kalahari. I believe yeah. me, I'm familiar with it. <laughs> oh, well, well, keep uh, keep posting pictures of your trips and your kids and Kirby of you. I always enjoy uh, following along with you and listening to your podcast. So thank you for inviting us. Yes, yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for being here. All right, She Slayers, click the link below. Um, come hang out with us in October. Um, and until next week, bye. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. <laughs>